I don't uh, think it's going to float, Fitz. <laughs> <laughs> This is the RC Roundtable, a casual discussion about all aspects of flying model airplanes. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the special hurricane version of the RC Roundtable. <laughs> uh, got it. <laughs> we're, we're eagerly awaiting Hurricane uh, Harvey, is it? Harvey. Yes. Jeff, our guest, Jim Cantori. <laughs> Every time I hear the name, I think of Paul Harvey. And now you know the rest of the hurricane. I think about the uh, the Harvey the Rabbit, There's the Harvey Invisible the... Rabbit. Harvey? Ever, you ever seen the movie Harvey with uh, Jimmy Stewart? No. Oh, it's about an invisible rabbit that he sees and no one else does. <laughs> Is this a movie you saw and nobody else did? <laughs> wow. I want my our listeners, my listeners, our listeners to tune in and, and let Fitz know about a movie called Harvey, or I'll have to start sending him pictures while we're doing this podcast. Yes, it's a very funny movie called Harvey. Uh, I have to look it up. I actually think it was a play first. I think it was a play first before it was turned into a movie. Oh. It, it, then it, before that, it was a drug-induced uh, hallucination episode. This, this hurricane is not an hallucination. No, it's not. And we're both very concerned about it. And uh, especially uh, you, Lee, I think. And uh, well, You should be, too. You're down south. Yeah, I'm actually closer to the coast. So, yes, I'm very concerned about it. Wait, what do you what do you know that I don't know, Fitz? You don't seem this as scared. <laughs> Did you put your house on stilts or something? <laughs> well, I'm not in the flood zone, so I'm not too worried. But uh, I did have a this. This isn't a situation where you're in a flood zone. You're not. You're in the path of a category three hurricane. Yeah, but not on the the windy side. Just, we're just we are get rain, we're on the right? dirty side. We're on the dirty side, but we're it's far away. It's gonna hit pretty far south of us, isn't it? Ooh, karma cap. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I'm. I think I'm out of the worst of it. But it was not that long ago that a hurricane came in the Gulf, maybe somewhere in Texas, and then turned into a depression or a storm, and then came all the way up and washed out the neat fair. It so, was either Sandy or Lee. One of those two hurricanes I know went from down south all the way up to to New York and wreaked havoc. Especially, I think it was Sandy that took out the New York, uh, the New Jersey. Uh, the boardwalk, whatever area. Oh, yeah. Well, that was just a couple of years ago. Yeah, the one sometimes. I'm thinking of was several years ago, maybe 10 or 12. Oh. Mm. But but Hurricane Lee, that sounds ferocious. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's funny? And the storm's pretty bad, too. There actually will be a Lee this year. Oh, yeah? I guess it didn't do enough damage to, you know, retire my name. So maybe this time <laughs> around, I'll get my shirt up on that stadium wall. Try, try again. What's my number? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we've really blown this intro. Thanks for uh, hanging in there, guys. We're almost to the point where we'll talk about RC. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So uh, I see that E-Flight has a new plane, an SR-22, which was a big surprise seeing a civilian plane pop out of their works now. And uh, it's a real looker. You're forgetting about the big Cessna. Yeah, I was going to say well, hello. Because you're the one who complained about the Cessna 150 because it was the ugliest of the Cessnas. It is. Well, that's when we were talking about the 3D print, the Cessna. Yeah. But they've got their giant foamy Cessna that's out. And I've got a uh, ultra micro Cessna that they came out with recently. I think you're forgetting. I think he is too. Forgetting but that's what? what happens when you go to Germany and you travel to Europe and you drink all the crazy wine and everything. He, I guess. He's still sobering up. 
What did I forget? That they have other civilian stuff that's come out recently. Oh, yes, yes. I mean, you right. could say the Carbon yes. Z Cub is kind of civilian. Yeah, but that's a little bit old. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I'm talking about oh, wait, did... sexy civilian aircraft. Oh. They haven't come out with <laughs> okay. a sexy civilian aircraft. Oh. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Where's that calendar? That's the, that the <laughs> flying butt-faced Cessna 150. Oh, jeez. <laughs> what, what month do you put the 150 in? What's the What's the worst month of the year? <laughs> okay. Well, well, it might go, be August for you guys. Oh, there you go. Okay, so so back to the Cirrus. <laughs> well, it's a, what, 60-inch wingspan, which is a good size. All kinds of goodies that you expect in something like this from E-Fly. He's got uh, flaps, lights, uh, a motor, wheels. A motor, hey. Yeah. <laughs> a nice benefit for a bind and fly. Hey, hey, Lee, guess what? What? It's got AS3X. Hey, it's 1.5 meters. And safe? Or just AS3X? Safe. Uh, yeah, it's got safe, too. Oh, with optional safe. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay, that's the norm, I guess, anymore. I think it has safe, and you can just you put it on a switch. You can activate it, deactivate it. Yeah, okay. I like uh, I like that they're they're starting to put options, the word option in front of these features. Yeah, agreed. Uh, you see the flaps on this thing? It has really nice flaps. They look like Fowler flaps, true Fowler flaps, not just. Yeah, I think I think they are. I think I was looking at the photos. Uh, I wanted to jump in about this because I talked to Terry when he mentioned we wanted to to talk about it because uh, I have the uh, the Cessna that Terry reviewed. You want to talk about the Cessna kind semi version of the Cirrus? Because they are, well, it's been a while, but uh, that was a fly zone, the Cessna Corvallis. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, they look pretty similar. Is there some sort of connection there? Well, I find that uh, you know because I did some research when, when I was looking at this, I was like, well, it kind of reminds me of the Corvallis. By the way, I purchased the Corvallis from Terry because I really liked it, and I did in, uh, upgrade the motor on it. I like flying it much, much more now. Uh, but I do find that on a couple of forums there there are some you know questions on you know which one should I get the Cessna Corvallis or the the Cirrus SR22, and so I find it interesting that people do try to to compare those two. Uh, you know they're you know they're low wing fixed gear. Um, you know some people say the Cirrus is safer. Um, I guess because of the, uh, the parachute is that an option or is it standard? Oh, I believe that's standard. Um, hey, does this come with a parachute? Now that would be awesome. So you're talking about the real ones and not the model. The real ones, correct. Oh, oh. And that, then I wanted to compare the, what I fly with this one to say, I wonder, you know, if people are going to buy a scale aircraft, do they buy it because they have one? Do they buy it because they, you know, admire it? You know, I mean, I, I guess for some reason that the Corvallis really appealed to me. And in fact, now that I've got that, I, when I was at Oshkosh, I was looking at a couple of planes that I really liked that were, you know, full scale aircraft going on. It kind of intimidated me. Now, so. now uh, Terry, correct me if I remember the full-scale uh, Corvallis, that evolved from Cessna. That was, was a home-built originally, right? Wasn't that the... Um, uh, it started out as the Lancer. Ooh, okay. And, oh, right. okay. and the Lancer company started producing a, a full certified uh, aircraft. And then I think Cessna bought them out and renamed it to Corvallis, if, I'm, if memory serves me. Yeah, it looks like, yeah, I'm reading that right now. It's Cessna 350 Corvallis, and it says Lancer, L-A-N-C-A-R. Lancer. Yeah. The Lancers were really nice. Those were... Oh, Fitz is our pronunciation expert now? (laughs) 
Chill out. Chill out. The rain in Spain falls mainly on the plane. <laughs> so Lee, Lee has a theater of training. He's a, he can tell us on pronunciation and everything. <laughs> I don't know. How about we get back to the plane? So yes, I <laughs> I, I was thinking. Uh, I mean, I like this. I I need to look at some more photos because I wonder what other features it has. Um, you know, I like the wheel pants on this thing. Those are really pretty. How oh, they're painted too. Um, that's a pretty blue too. It kind of looks got a little sparkle into it, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, it seems metallic. Is it a pearl, pearl color or something? Or something. Yeah, there. like a pearl. Yeah, uh, it's got a three blade prop. What else? Yeah, I mean, it's it's that, has people inside. I see that. Lovely Are plastic people. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of inside, apparently it says something about functional interior cabin lights. Meh. I don't know what they mean by that, but it's just interior lighting in the thing. I don't. I guess if you hang it in your room as a nightlight, maybe that's this is fun. functional interior cabin exterior navigation lighting. So I, I, I don't know what they mean, lighting above the cabin or just lighting inside the cabin. It's interesting. So what's the uh, power spec on this thing? A ten class 10? Okay. motor, three S three thousand. Twenty two hundred. Twenty two hundred to three thousand. For a sixty-inch plane, twenty—I think a twenty-two-hundred is probably a little on the light side. Personally speaking, I wonder what the—I forgot what the Corvallis is. Let me look that up real quick. I like—I like flying the Corvallis. You cannot do uh, very quick snap rolls. <laughs> 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 uh, it's a very lazy flying. It's—it's it's fun though. I mean, I do like the Corvallis, and I'm glad I got that from Terry. Um, it's a nice, you know, scale flying aircraft. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I remember, Terry, I flew yours a couple of times. You let me fly it. And one of the things I just loved doing with that plane was takeoff and landings. I just loved just shooting approaches with it. Yeah, it was very nice for that. It would get into ground effect just when the wheels were above the runway and kind of coast in. Yeah, it was it was awesome for doing yeah, it. Yeah, it's only three inches shorter than, than this one. It's 57 inches. And interesting, this one uh, you know, states a, an 1800 milliamp battery. So, I mean, I think pushing a 3000 in the... Uh, the Cirrus is probably a little too much. Probably don't need it. I mean, they're That's really they're really fine if you're just flying scale. Now, you know, if you want to supersize it and have fun, sure, you can do that. But, uh, <laughs> I think what I would want to do is put a parachute on it. I think, I would <laughs> lo- I think if you're going to fly scale and go, oh, my engine quit, <laughs> you know, just pull the parachute and really wow the crowd. <laughs> that's great. That's, that's worth trying. So cool. If anybody's out there... Uh, thinking of getting one let us know because unfortunately we did not get any to review but uh, i'd like to see one i think that'd be i think it'd be nice especially if i could fly the two fly the uh, corvallis and the cirrus side by side try out their snap rolls yeah <laughs> okay now for something completely different something way out of left field that just popped up is a p61 black widow from dynam Talk about a plane that is sorely needed to be modeled. I think I've only seen, what, one ARF? I think, v, was it VQ or somebody had an ARF of a P-61? I think the, oh, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, I think so. But I've never seen one. I've never even seen one in stock anywhere. Although, reportedly, one of our club members has one, but I've never seen it. Uh, so, But it was a real treat to see this pop up. It's got uh, also a 60-inch wingspan. Flies on 4S, it looks like. No idea when it's coming out. This was sort of, apparently it was leaked early, so there's no real good information on it other than some basic stuff. But there are some pictures that have popped up online. Foamy, of course. Uh, but uh, it looks pretty good. 
through some minor nitpicks about it some guys have had. Uh, but just to see a P-61, which is one of the coolest planes that come out of World War II, is a, is a real treat. I'm glad somebody's finally produced one as a model. You mean besides the P-38? Besides the P-38. Think of this as yeah. a, a, Thank you. a brother to the P-38, <laughs> twin boom, twin engine. Yeah. Actually, it's interesting. I've been following the thread on RC Groups about it, and I did not know this, but uh, Richard Bong was actually test flying the Black Widow after he came back. Oh, yeah? <clears throat> yep. Yeah. So, how about that? Yeah. And they actually made a Marge Black Widow. <laughs> yeah, it was his wife or something, right? Yeah, it was his oh, wife. Yeah. yeah, neat. That is cool. Yeah. So, yeah, he... So, he worked for Northrop? Or was he working for the Army to test that? No, I think he was... A, yeah, he was just a test pilot. It says, in the spring of 1945, he and the first P-61s would arrive in the Pacific and begin combat operations to convince the units coming from P-38s to fly the new big fighter. Oh, makes sense. I thought he was killed test flying a F-80. He was, P-80 but he, he was just, te- at this point, I think he was just test flying. He brought it there, and he went back to fly the, the T-33. Oh, most interesting. That's where he died at, unfortunately. Yeah. And jail. Dick Bong being the, the leading U.S. ace of the war, right? Correct. So, yeah. flying a... P-38. P-38. P-38, yeah. <laughs> yes. In fact, P-38's uh, got most of the kills in the Pacific, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I think Hellcats haven't beat out. Uh, oh, no, no. We'll P-38s. have an argument. I think it was P-38s. It was P-38s. P-38s have been, right. have been out longer. Where do I put my money? <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I'm going to get the wrath of listeners chiming in. <laughs> I think it was the Jenny. I think the Jenny had more kills. Right. All right, P-61, focus, fellas, focus. It's black, so don't leave it out in the sun. Yeah, that's yeah totally don't leave fair. it out in the sun. Don't fly it other than at high noon. <laughs> yeah. Put big yellow stripes on the bottom. It just, I just see everything start warping and twisting. The flight characteristics have changed. <laughs> yeah, so you think it's all black plane. It's all foam. black. Yeah, Fly, it's flying a silhouette. Black. I think I saw when it had invasion stripes on it, though, so that's an option. Yeah. Well, and Marge, the the one there, the, someone posted a photo here, was actually silver. Oh, really? Yeah. So oh, I think okay. some people might get their hands on it and change the color yeah. just to not let it uh, melt before yeah. their eyes. And there were some that were either a gray or olive drab or something as well. They weren't totally black. Yeah. So there's some slight variations of paint schemes you can do. Uh, but, but hey. There, but it's there a nice fighter. Yeah, and there's one black. here that looks like it was uh, converted into... Uh, 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 aerial photography, so don't be surprised. Uh, recon, so yeah, but yeah, it's cool. And there was a a, a friend of mine. Uh, you, you guys remember Ernest from Best? Oh yeah, big foam builder. Uh, he actually built a huge Black Widow, but it weighed nothing. I mean, it was. I think he actually flew it indoors too. If I can find that video, I'll I'll share it with you. But I remember him, you know, showing early photos of it when it was all white, and I mean. <laughs> it was this huge plane. I mean, I think it was over the 60 inches, but he was probably running like 350 motors in it. <laughs> it, was just, it was Brushed? I mean, it's really, really, he just did not need any power in that thing at all. So <laughs> if good. I find photos of it, I'll, I'll share it just because it's, it is a cool looking plane. Uh, but as far as this one, I guess, you know, time will tell. We, you know, it's all right now, it's, you know, it's, it's mythware. <laughs> yeah, vaporware. <laughs> yeah. But it, so. it doesn't excite me much. I think the subject is cool, but. 
there's enough nitpicky things that I don't know. I don't feel like I have to have it. It's I imagine if GWS came out with a P sixty one, it would look a lot like this. That sounds like a faint praise, faint damning praise. What do you call it? Well, yeah, there's nothing wrong with GWS. They're just they lack scale details, and I think there's a lot of latitude taken on this one too. Well, that's, that's all. Probably true. Well, well Dynams are usually a lower price point, and so I'm, I'm not surprised they would take some latitudes. With, uh, I think I think overall it looks generally okay. Uh, there were some the, the guns are kind of silly on the tur- top turret, uh, but I think it's workable. I don't see it's terrible. Generally, the Dynam planes fly pretty good. At least they. Yeah, I have no. Right. Compl- the ones I've flown have have been good. They have some cosmetic issues, but yeah. um, flying wise, I have no complaints. Yeah, I agree. Though I, I probably consider them sort of a second tier foamy company on that general. Uh, but we'll see. Supposedly, Motion RC has had some input into it, and they. I think if you saw that too, Lee on the forums, apparently they've been providing some input and some design engineering input to, to improve certain aspects of the kit. So maybe this would be a step above their normal entries. Yeah, but I'm with Terry. I mean, I'm I, I'm. I'm getting into a lot of twins for some reason. <laughs> I'm wondering why. But uh, although I, I think this is a cool looking airplane, it's not something I would uh, I would jump out and get. I'm not even sure I'd ever I'd ever buy one. I'm more of a P38 fan, so this is this is secondary. Uh, uh, I'm gonna dissent, and I think I I would seriously consider getting one myself because I just thought it's a cool plane, and I built a plastic model of one years ago too, so maybe I'm biased. Yeah, I remember I built a 148 scale P61 when I was a kid. That was my first exposure to it. Yeah. Anyways. Is, is, I don't know if I've ever seen one fly. Have you? Full scale? There, are there any around? I think they're working on I one. I think there's one I, being restored. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's any actual ones. The, not very many of them were made. Only a few hundred, I think. Like 400? I don't know. They, they, they I've were... seen one on static display somewhere. I can't think of where, though. It was a late war design, so it didn't come out until I think the last year or so of the war. So not very many were made. Huh. And it's such a specialized aircraft, too. Well, let, let me know if you guys uh, find the one that's being built. It'd be interesting to see. Okay. Maybe we'll post it on our social media sites or something. So, speaking of World War II twins, the A-26 has now arrived they are in stock, and they are enormous. You guys know what I'm talking about? The Phoenix model, right? Yeah. It's a big sucker. Yeah, it's like 90-inch yeah. wingspan, I think, right? Yeah, Phoenix doesn't build small planes, so you yeah, expect this is going to be big. So, yeah, a one-ninth scale, or what is it, one nine and a quarter? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, 90-inch wingspan, plywood, balsa, big old airplane. Yes. Lots of guns. Yeah. <laughs> so I think kind of like the P-61, a an underdog of the war. Mm. But this one went on to serve a long time. They were in Korea and Vietnam. Yeah. And I think some South American countries are probably still flying them. <laughs> yeah, probably. Running <laughs> cocaine? Yeah, probably. <laughs> wow, I, did, I just saw the weight, 15 to 17 pounds. Yeah, but it's 90 inches. Yeah, it's big. It's a lot of wing there. I got a CZ Cub that's 82, right? (laughs) 
Any uh, way to do 15 pounds. <laughs> just kidding. Apples and I'm kidding. Oranges, buddy. I know. I know. Come on. Calm down. It was a joke. But how does it snap roll? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty darn well, actually. <laughs> yeah, this is a big kahuna. Right. If I understand correctly, it's electric, nitro, or gas? Uh, yeah. Correct. Uh, do they make gas engines that small? They're only talking 46 to 55. Oh, yeah. You probably could, but... Probably maybe the, the 10cc might be... Can you cram a gas 10cc in it? I think, I think for a plane that big and that heavy, you cannot get that thing off the ground with a 40... Well, it's a twin, so 246s, I guess, maybe, yeah. but I... I think you could. I think you could put two uh, 20s in there. Two 20s? Not two two zero. <laughs> then what are you saying? I have no idea what he's saying. Oh, the GA 20s, right? Oh, okay, 20cc gas engines. Yes. Okay, now I'm with you. All right. But none of us would do that. We'd be electric. Correct. Yes. Yeah, okay. So, so, so this plane shows up at your door. What do you put in it? Motors? Batteries? <laughs> no. <laughs> Engine or motor? <laughs> oh, I go electric. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's uh, uh, more reliable. Ooh. <laughs> oh, I know I'm going to get hit for that. We're right? starting some heat now. <laughs> <laughs> so what do they say goes on this sucker? What do they, what do they rec- Which rimfire do they recommend? They're really recommending the 32. Hmm. Hmm. On 4S? Uh, for us. For us. <laughs> yes, it says two for us. Two for us. At least forty five hundred. I I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I agree with that. I'd probably go six S. A couple of six S's on this thing, and maybe a little larger motors. But I right, I, I haven't run the numbers or anything yet, so I don't know. I don't know. I lean with Fitz here. The thirty two seems a little light for two of them, and I doubt that it's. 15 pounds with electric system. But I don't know. It's, I, I, I have to have it in front of me. I need to touch it and feel it. <laughs> Let it to talk, talk to, to it. Me. <laughs> Put my what do you need, baby? What do you need? <laughs> you on, want baby, 4S or 5S, baby? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> three blade, three blade prop? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny we laugh that way, but sometimes I have to admit, you have to look at a plane first and, you know, can I hold it and say, okay, Maybe a little bit more power. Maybe a little bit more power. Maybe not so much. Maybe I can fly at scale. Yeah, I mean, it's a bomber. It's not like a you know, hot rod fighter plane. So Hey, speaking of uh, bomber. It's a hot bomber, rod bomber. Well, yeah, yeah, spe- well, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, speaking of bomber, uh, do we have any photos of the uh, of the belly? Does it have Bombay doors? Does it have room for Bombay doors? Could we do that? There you go. If we're going to make it scale-like. Let's put something in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, do, I don't see any of the pictures I see here. I don't. Can't tell. See, you, you need the parachute for the Cirrus. You need the bomb bay doors. The, why don't they call us before they release these planes? Yeah, really. You know, we got some great ideas. <laughs> well, it's all wood, right? So I, bet you, I imagine you just cut into the thing and make your own bomb bay doors. Oh, unless, of course, they put, you know, reinforcements right there. Yeah, there's a spar right <laughs> no there. No one's going to put a bomb bay here. Just shove wood right here. <laughs> Nobody puts <laughs> a bomb bay in a bomber. put a two-pound weight. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't see any pictures of the... I wonder if there's a manual here. Is there a manual? No, uh, manual. There might be on the... I'm looking. It's not no? there. Oh, so. okay. Are we going to read the manual on the show? No, I was just going to see if they had pictures of the belly so I could say, oh, yeah, you could put a bomb bay in there. But there you go. I mean, if you're going to buy this plane, what is it? it's not cheap. It's 430 bucks. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and you have to buy all the gear for it. So we're not talking a cheap plane at all. But if you like this plane and that's why you bought it, you're going to want to do some fun stuff. And I think a Bombay is exactly what this plane needs. I don't know. I think a 90-inch A26 is a novelty all of its own. Yeah, but come on, Terry. I mean, you haven't been to the bomber field a lot, but and I think Fitz has been with me. Uh, we've been there together. But it's fun to see, like, Mike's 24 come across and drop all those bombs out of it, and all those B-17s do the same. Oh, yeah. I think if you if you had this Phoenix in there, which obviously fits the requirements for, for flying it, if you had that thing buzzing by and someone, you know, put a nice scale... Uh, you know, wear on it and then drop bombs. Oh yeah, I, I mean personally, I don't think I've ever seen a day twenty six at uh, Bomber Field. Nor I, I think. No, it's a Come it's on, a think, pretty rare plane to see anywhere, actually. Think out of the box, Terry. It's not my style. Oh my god, that is your style. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's cut the tail off this plane and stick it in the nut in the front. <laughs> <laughs> Make it a canard. <laughs> uh, I, I love Terry's uh, crazy mind, his crazy thinking. He builds some cool stuff. So, come on, I can't believe you didn't. But there are times when I, I go legit. <laughs> go legit. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> Who are you? What have you done with my friend Terry? <laughs> I appreciate the simplicity of some things. And I could just, I think me, if I were building this, I would I would just do it straight out of the box and let her rip. Sometimes simple is better. Well, and I, I think this, even the way it's designed, is fairly complex. So this, you're only going to simplify it so much. This plane needs weathering. Definitely needs weathering. Okay, yeah, sure. And again, Cosmetic stuff, sure. Oh, I understand, but I'm just thinking for the cost, you're, you're getting up there to almost a $600 plane. Maybe more when you're done adding all the electronics and stuff. So. Oh, sure, yeah. I just, I don't know. But it's a big plane. It's a big it does come inch. with retract, so you can't, it's, that's that's good. They're air, right? Yeah, I'm not a fan of air retracts in general. Uh, they're okay, but I uh, grumble, grumble, grumble. But hey, it does come with it, so that's nice of them to do that. So I hope I hope I get to see one someday. I'm yeah. I won't be buying this thing, but I I wouldn't mind looking. At it. Yeah, we need to see one. Something you don't see very often, so that's good that they've come out with it. So, when I was just a young kid, a little type back in the, uh, decades ago, uh, I had a RC car. I thought it was the coolest little car. I didn't really know anything about it. Parents gave it to me, I don't know, for Christmas or something or another. And I remember some vague memories of playing around with it. And the neat thing about it is it had six wheels. And then years later, I found out that this was an actual Formula One car that had experimented with six wheels. And I think it won one or two races before they ended up changing the rules and outlawing it. And I always thought it was really cool. And now Tamiya has apparently released or re-released a version of it uh, in 10th scale. It's called a Tyrell P34. And uh, it dates back to the mid-70s. And this is just really neat uh, it, from the engineer in me says wow that's just cool six wheels got two it's, it's got four front wheels that all turn and that's just such a uncanny goofy looking thing that's just really cool at the same time and so when this popped up it really caught my attention I, I don't know why it's just one of those things that maybe it's nostalgia or just I, I don't know it's when I, I can't explain it it's just for some reason I thought it's the neatest looking thing ever now, is this the same model you had as a kid? I doubt it. No, I think 
I think what I had as a kid was basically a toy. Okay. I think it was some cheap toy you know you get at a department store or something. Uh, I'm I'm definitely sure it's not the Tamiya one because Tamiya did have one back in the '70s, but that was hobby quality, uh, and that would that would have been too much for me at that age to put together and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, so and I don't know why they're producing a, an upgraded version of it. I don't know if there's a whole class of these things, but just as a a unique sort of what do you call it? Just a just a, a thing to, to play with. It's it's pretty neat, and I, I commend them for coming out with this. I'm not much of a racing fan. No, I guess I had seen pictures of this, but you know, I never checked into it. But wasn't there another race car that had four rear wheels, but only two in the front? There may have been. Uh, again, I'm not a race fan either. I really almost know nothing. I don't know the difference between uh, Formula One and... Indeed. I have no idea what the difference between the two are. They look the same to me. Uh, but th- for this, just, just stuck out. I was like, man, this would be cool just to have on the shelf or to drive around every once in a while in the, in the front yard or something. It is pretty cool. So I would really like to see the steering mechanism and how that works. Yeah. I'm sure it's something simple, but be yeah. clever to see. Yeah, that'd be a good point. To see how they do all four wheels like that. That's neat. It needs a sound box. Sound, sound effect? Needs a sound box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, from what I gather, this is just a scale effort. There's, there's not some new six-wheel racing class because that's the latest, greatest development in racing. No. For, okay. This is just sort of a, a, a one-off thing just for people who want to play around with it. Right. I thought any track can make it legal, and it probably doesn't. Who knows? may not even handle all that well. <laughs> yeah, well. Well, apparently the full scale was better and yeah. good enough to be outlawed. Yeah, I think the full scale may have won a race or two. Hmm. But I know that's interesting. That's for sure. I'm typically not much of a car guy, but when I saw that, I thought, "Well, that's just too cool not to not to talk about." Well, you're a Tamiya guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Back in the old days, I built a lot of Tamiya cars, both for myself and for when I worked at a hobby store, I would build them for customers. So I built a lot of these things. Hmm. You can build them in your sleep now. Oh, well. The grasshopper. <laughs> yeah. Grasshopper hornets, lunchboxes. Yeah. Although I've been itching to get another Tamiya car. I think I might pick up a uh, Wild Willy. I've been... Oh, okay. They re-released those. They re-released they? it. And I remember I wanted one as a kid, but I had to decide between that and a frog. And I ended up getting a frog. And uh, I always thought we need to have a Wild Willy too, take out to the beach or something. So... It's- is that just kind of a one-trick pony? It just does wheelies all the time? It does wheelies. Although I've seen videos, it can drive around apparently normal enough, but I think you got to be careful on the throttle. Uh, but yeah, it's more of a trick car than anything. But it looks okay. I'd give it a try. Yeah. There was a time when I wanted one, too. But I was never a big Tamiya fan. No? Yeah. I don't know why. Uh, maybe because I just dealt with them so much. That's what that could be. It's like familiar food, comfort food. Yeah, right. All right, well, I think we beat the new product stuff into the ground enough. I think we'll... And how. And how. <laughs> so, well, we uh, take a quick break, and we'll be right back. One, two, baby, clap your hands. Everybody, let's go. Ha, 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 I want y'all ladies clap again. Yeah, let me hear you sing. What? Uri da TV. It's my story. Now your mommy, who me? The new guy, you know, Uri. 
So I have been in New York over two months now. Gosh, almost three months at this point. And just this past weekend, I finally got off my rear end and went examining potential clubs. And I was surprised because there's actually a handful of clubs within a half hour radius of me. Hmm. But I went and checked out two of them. The one was the closest to me. And uh, I went there, and I got there just as a lot of folks were leaving, so I just hung out with one guy and talked to him for a few minutes. And then I went to my next choice, and that was the RC Pulsers in Akron, New York. And that's about 25 minutes from my house. But uh, when I got there, they were having their annual picnic. And so there was a ton of people there. I had to actually drive around to get a parking spot. Hmm. And so ended up staying there, hanging out for a while, had an awesome lunch. And uh, even flew some. And when I left, I decided that's the club I'm going to join. So I've submitted my application and my fees, and I think I'm in the the process now. Do you need a letter of recommendation from uh, I might. Cincinnati? I just might. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think your letter would carry a lot of weight with these guys? I think so. Okay. Because hmm. I'll, I'll start like I'm the president of a podcast, <laughs> an RCA podcast. <laughs> I thought this was a triumvirate. No, no, no. <laughs> you guys. No, I've, I I've been fooling you for years. <laughs> uh, I saw you so, posted uh, some pictures. Uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's your bias, but it looked like everybody was flying electric airplanes. Um, That may have been when I took the pictures, but they're not limited to electric there. I think the only thing they can't fly is turbine. And that's probably because it's a grass runway. And I might even be lying about that. But um, there is definitely nitro there. And I think the biggest concern is noise. So even with my electrics, I had to go through a sound check to make sure nothing exceeds 90 decibels on average. Sound check with electric? That's right. Interesting. So, which doesn't sound very intuitive. But another guy who was there doing a sound check had one of those, uh, a hotliner. Yeah. That sucker was loud. <laughs> it just howls. So it's incredible to watch. But yeah. yeah. It's, um, and I think they're trying to come up with some rules for, you know, common sense off the shelf stuff that, you know, obviously isn't going to be out of bounds. Um, but for now, it's a, it's a very small overhead to ensure that they're not impinging on any of the neighbors is there houses nearby or something yeah and it's funny this place is way out in the country but there are a couple houses fairly close by and so they're just trying to be good neighbors mm. That's good. and they document it all so it's not a big hassle and the funny thing was i went back there a couple of days ago to fly and there's a full-scale airport close by and they from what I can tell, they're all coordinated with that, so that's cool. But when I got to the RC field, I could hear a, the full-scale engine running up, and that was really loud. And before long, a, a T6 took off and flew over. Hmm. So, yeah, that was cool to see. I would not have expected a, a T6 to be out here in the, the country. Yeah, in the country. Huh. Yeah. Any idea how many members this club has? I think they are capped at 60, and it's pretty close to that now. Oh. So, but it seems to be very active. There's people out there during the week, and like I said, on that Saturday, there was a ton of people there. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a good place for me. I have a couple of questions for you. Lay it on me. All right. What are some of the amenities that this club offers? There's a, 
a shed, a cover, I don't know, an awning, wooden. Uh, there seems to be a little clubhouse there. I don't know if it's just for storage or what. Mm, there's run-up stands. I don't know. What are you looking for? Electricity? That's a good question. I don't know yet. I don't usually charge at the field, so I didn't investigate that the two times I was there. But it's going to come up sooner or later. Well, but obviously it's also, that's not a make or break for you. No, it's not. It never has been. Uh, like the JSC field where I was for years, there was no power out there for most of the time I flew. They finally put it out at, at some point, but I never used it. That's what car batteries are for. <laughs> Except when you're flying planes with two six-cell battery packs. Yeah, that's true. But would you welcome it with open arms if they pursued getting electricity out there, if it's not available? Oh, I'm not against it. I don't know. It's, just, it's not a driver for me. You would vote for it. Well, just, how much is it going to cost? For you, all the new members, it costs $5,000. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just waiting for some new sucker to fill the bill. <laughs> Make the new guys pay for it. Well, other questions like uh, road access. How far is it from your house? 25 minutes. 25 minutes. Yeah. And, and pretty... it's... Uh, Fairly open roads. Well, is it like off-road? I mean, do you have to go quite a bit on like a dirt road to get to it? Or is it like right off a main road? No, it's off of a paved road. Sweet. Yeah. There's a dirt driveway. Now, I think the the factor here will be in December, the the snow. Maybe they have a snowplow under that shed that you don't know what it is. <laughs> or, or maybe people just don't fly when there's three feet of snow on the ground. Uh, porta potties, restrooms, stuff like that. Uh, there's a porta potty there. Why the Inquisition, Lee? Because I'm curious, and I'm concerned I'm, for me. Well, <laughs> you want to make sure I'm making the right choice here? He's, he's playing a move to well, New York. You know, I'm I'm trying to make this some one of an educational podcast, and not just you know why is Lee asking me all these questions? So, <laughs> but if people come into a new place and they're looking for a club, and in fact, I actually ran into a new neighbor who is looking for a club to fly at, and he was asking me a lot of questions, and I was is know, that the guy who was flying in your neighborhood? Yeah, yeah, he was flying that visionaire. <laughs> Very okay. well, so yes, I didn't berate him. I didn't, I didn't take him down. <laughs> use use my drone killer, you know, shotgun on him. Uh, but you know, he was asking questions, and I thought they were valid, and that's why I was kind of curious what your thoughts were when you look for a club. Uh, I think I'm pretty easy. I look for a. I would have preferred a paved runway. I'll say that, and only one of the clubs, and it's one of the furthest away, has a paved runway. So I kind of wrote that off. Um, but yeah, I'm just looking for an active membership. Um, you know, the people that come out and participate a lot, a decent runway and not too far away. Those you, are my three primes. You said you went out when they had a picnic. Do they have other events that are popular or any other kind of uh, flying event? I'll let you know. Okay. Didn't know if you had like a flyer or something or been to their website. Oh, yeah. They have a Facebook presence and there's a website too. The RC Pulsers of Western New York. That's an odd name. I wonder if they've been around a long time. I think so. You mean in reference to the pulsers? Yes. And the old school radio technology? Really old school radio technology, yes. Yeah. 
That's you crank and fly. <laughs> that's, the, that's the club I'm going to make. <laughs> the winders. Wind and fly. The winders. There you go. <laughs> and the good news for me, even though it's a grass runway, when I went the other day, it was right after a heavy rain, and the, the runway wasn't swampy or anything. So I think it's going to stay in good condition. The grass looked pretty good. It looks like a nice little cut grass. Yeah, um, yeah, it's not bad. I don't know how to gauge it because I haven't flown off grass in so long. I, I don't know what good and bad are. Well, but it's good if your plane takes off, right? Yeah, pretty much. And it doesn't flip over when it lands? That's, I consider that good. Oh, I did one flip over. Yeah. I've got this, really speaking of Dynam planes, I've got a Waco. I think you referred to it in the picture. And it's got uh, closely cowed wheels, but it didn't have any problems. Mm. That was a Dynam Waco? It is. You know, Dynamita Waco. Wow. Now we do. Yeah. Now you do. We've just leaked it to our, our fans. <laughs> You'll be able to read about it in a certain publication. Ah, oh, cool. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that's a fun airplane. So here's here's another question I have for Mr. Terry. Have you found anybody who can take photos or videotape for you? <laughs> you going to put a one ad out there in the club? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, when I got there... Um, there was a guy walking around taking pictures, and I'm going to keep his anonymity for now. <laughs> this guy's going, that but, guy keeps looking at me. <laughs> right? What does he want with, from with me? longing <laughs> eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he sizing me up? <laughs> um, he was carrying around a Nikon, not unlike mine, and he took some flight photos for me, and he did a pretty good job. Under very trying conditions, so we had some... Good crosswinds that day. Mm. So, yeah, I think I've got a candidate. A match made in heaven. He'll <laughs> <laughs> never live up to you guys. <laughs> Only you. Well, I knew you were you were hoping to find someone up there who could photograph for you. So maybe maybe you'll get lucky and maybe he'll uh, he'll expand a video. If he doesn't do that right now, you can uh, get him into that. Um, maybe. I've never had much luck handing my video camera to anybody else. That's why you put run cams on your on your planes. That, really, that that's part of it. And you know, I've got my hat set up. You know, we talked about this in whatever episode we talked about reviews. Getting decent media is for me the biggest challenge. Yeah, always. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I knew that you were gonna have a problem with that. So but, anyway, I'll overcome. <laughs> well, I'll just fly you up here every time I need to do a review. I hope that works out for you. I'm sure it will. <laughs> You know, speaking of clubs and, and working our way into uh, Hurricane Harvey, uh, you know, it is it was my day to mow today. It is not a mowing day. Slacker. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll post a photo of the uh, the skies right now, <clears throat> but uh, I don't think anybody's going to be flying next week. Uh, I don't know if I I don't I think I may have mentioned this in one of the I know I I know you know what happened, Terry, but you know the last flood we had. Uh, was about three feet of water in our club, and it took our little benches all the way to the corner of the field. So, I Watch don't your mouth. <laughs> I don't know what to. <laughs> Here's a little uh, wisely telling us a story. Our ramp for our tractor floated away. So after the floods, we had a work day. It was a great work day. Uh, except for me, because if you <laughs> if you remember what happened, we chained the. Uh, ramp back to the trailer or the, the storage unit 
And while I was digging out this uh, ground to lay this board to, to put it on, I, I uh, herniated my a disc in my back. <laughs> so, so be careful out there, folks, when you're doing repairs, <laughs> planning for, uh, you know, safety and, and all that jazz. But, hey, it hasn't floated away since, so hopefully it'll I'm work. I'm glad you brought that up. Sort of. You're I mean, welcome. <laughs> you didn't have to have surgery for that, right? No, but it was, uh, someone asked me, like, what's the worst pain you've had, you know, in your life? I was like, I think that was it, because I could not, I could not walk, I could not stand. It was uh, oh, yeah. miserable. Uh, yeah, I can relate. I've had the surgery twice, so I'm glad you did not have to do that. Oh, yeah. I heard that pop, and that was, uh, that was an eye-opener. Gosh. <laughs> and, and a very, and a vulgar word-opener, too. Uh, <laughs> uh, I can picture that. But, yeah, so... Uh, you know, it's good to have a club that you know, works together, and hopefully your field does well with, like you said, in the the snow to come. But that might be fun. I'm, I am actually looking forward to Terry reporting back to us with uh, many a planes on skis, snow skis. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that'll be great. Can you can you do your uh, your parallax on, uh, <laughs> on little snow skis? Challenge accepted. There you go. It's going to be a whole new world. No, it's funny that we were talking about that um, A26 and how we would power it. So that makes me wonder, what estimator do you guys use when you're kind of working with a new power system? Or do you use one at all? Uh, honestly, I don't use them anymore. I, early on, I think I used to use a few. I think there was some online one, and I think I had a trial version of one but i to be honest nowadays i just look at the manufacturer specs a lot of times they'll have recommended props and kind of a since i've been in this hobby for a while i kind of have a rule of thumb feel about what a motor should do and then hook up a watt meter and go from there <laughs> fitz has turned into a human watt meter yeah <laughs> plugs himself between the two and he goes that's about 500 watts <laughs> i just hold the wires i got to calibrate it the electromagnetic field for my hands and i just can determine what's good, what's not. What about you, Lee? I was an early user of the E-meter. Kind of when Astroflight came out with their watt meter, e, uh, the E-meter was a really fancy little handheld device. A lot of programming uh -huh. had the built-in tachometer. Uh, also used MotoCalc. So when I was getting into brushless motors, I think that's mainly when I started using it. That's when I was scratch building and converting uh, glow to electric. So I needed that information. Most of the planes I've been buying lately, though, now that I'm familiar with the motor sizes, uh, I kind of like fits. Now that I know the the, the range of what they're what they're able to do, I I already kind of know that. However, that being said, I still have my e meter. I still use it from time to time. I do have my watt meter. I don't think I've used MotoCalc in quite a while. Um, gosh, I'm not even sure if I have a hot link to, on my website. But um, you know, if well, if you're your e-meter is a measurement tool, right? Yeah. Not a prediction tool. Okay. No, yeah. It's an inline... But MotoCalc is a prediction tool. Prediction tool. But you, you use both together. I mean, you need them to give you an idea of where you should be and then use a meter to confirm. Mm. Uh, but, uh, you know, I it's not something I do on a daily basis. Now, we know that you do that, Terry, but part of that process for you is that you need that accuracy when you're reviewing something. You want to know exactly what it is. And uh, I think for me, I, I'm in that, that range where I'm, I know I'm in the safe zone. I know I'm not pushing a 400 size motor with a 12 inch prop and a 6S ba battery. 
you know, <laughs> I, I know not to do that. You know, I had a, I had a thought. I think once we got away from the round cells and went to lithium and the power systems got so much lighter and more powerful with the brushes motors, it's just not a critical, as critical a thing as it used to be to run these setups to a prediction program and see if you're anywhere near a good setup. You can, you, you can have a wide range of power and still fly the plane fairly well and just tweak it from there instead of uh, really needing to get it right the first time, if that makes any sense. It does, and that's a good point. And I wonder if that's why there are fewer prediction tools available now. So I used to use a free online one. I don't remember what it was called, but it went silent a few months back. And so I still need stuff from time to time. So I bought a subscription to eCalc, which is an online calculator. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that one. And predictor. Yeah, and I thought you used to be able to just buy the software and that was yours. But the way it works now, it's all online and you buy a subscription and you get access to, to different mm. uh, types of calculators. And I think it's what, six bucks a year. I, I forget. It was very reasonable. Hmm. So th- that's what I've been using, and it seems pretty thorough. Yeah, I don't know if I ever told you guys, but years ago, I actually wrote a simple one for helicopters, back in the early oh. days of electric helicopters. Yeah, it was a it was an online one, and you basically you would select the motor, select which helicopter you had, select your batteries, and it would spit out some basic numbers for your head speed, uh, and I think I had a few other things it would spit out. Um, uh, it's been a while. I think I had some efficiency numbers and and speeds and maybe estimated flight times or something like that. Uh, it was something that it was a little web-based tool I wrote to go in, to coincide with something else I was working on. Uh, so it was kind of a fun thing to write a little bit. I found some formulas that I could use and things like that. So, but, but it was admittedly it was pretty crude. It wasn't didn't tell you a whole lot like some of these other sophisticated ones was. But it was just back when. A lot of people were using round cells and brushes motors were new, so you could sort of see where if you were in the right ballpark for a particular motor, a particular helicopter kind of thing. Yeah, it's fun to see once you've done a prediction and then you measure a setup, you know, what the differences are. Yeah, yeah, and I think I did that too. I did some sanity checks with real and theoretical to see if I was in the right yeah. ballpark. And there's so many variables that you can't control, like humidity and you know, altitude and oh, sure. other stuff yeah. that... Yeah, you'll never be right on. Or if you are, it's accidental. So it's really just a ballpark kind of thing. But it's it gives me a warm fuzzy mm-hmm. to know that I have checked it before I fire things up, and I'm not going to blow anything up. I remember kind of a funny story. Years and years ago, I think this was probably the one of the first electric prediction programs. I think it was ElectroCalc. Um, I, I think that's what it was. I can't remember exactly if it was that or not. But we're talking late 80s, early 90s. Really, really early ninety, um, and I f- I became friendly with a gentleman uh, who was an uh, engineer professor, and apparently he had written some of the algorithms for the the electrocal program, and he had had a review of it in one of the magazines, one of the modeling magazines. I can't remember which one, and apparently the guy was I think it was Model Airplane News. Yeah, because it was local. This is back when I lived in Connecticut. So apparently, the, the Arthur had been, was had said something critical about the program, which this guy didn't like, and so he invited the author over to his house to talk about it. 
And, it's an ambush. And it was. I was there. And the guy comes over. <laughs> and this guy barely got through the hellos when he just tore into this uh, the article writer, <laughs> the author. I was like, oh, man, this guy's really a really nice guy. And this guy was just reading him the riot act. <laughs> and I'm like, I think I'll just go into the next room. <laughs> but it, 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 wow. it was... It started out contentious, but apparently they they reached an agreement and they all they all ended up as friends later on. But at first, I was like, um, uh, "Should I call the police?" <laughs> wow! <laughs> this guy was just not amused, and, and I guess he ex- explained to him the math behind and this and that and stuff. Because this guy was real smart. This guy was he taught at I think at UConn or something. Uh, so he, he was he was a really neat guy. I, I'm really sorry I lost track of him over the years. Uh, but he had like a whole laboratory in his basement, all kinds of cool stuff. And uh, he was a World War II vet. He was, a, I think, a tail gunner or something, in a bomber. Oh, he was really good. tough kid. Yeah, he was a he was a tough old guy. So he didn't take any. He suffered no fools. Put it that way. Apparently, oh, it's all fun and games till you write something bad about his program. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, I, when you talked about prediction programs, I reminded of that episode. I thought it was real funny at the time. So the Lone Star Flight Museum, which has been in Galveston for many, many years, is moving up to Ellington Airport. It used to be called Ellington Air Force Base, right, Terry? Uh, Fitz? Didn't we used to call it Ellington Air Force Base all the time? Um, that's before that my time. You... Oh, that's why, boy. It's like it's like the CAF used to always called it Confederate Air Force, and now it's Commemorative Air Force. So, gotta learn all these name changes. But the Lone Star Flight Museum's chain name is not changing, and they've got a brand new setup at Ellington, which is, which is great. I I visited the Lone Star Flight Museum in Galveston many times. Uh, I was very sad to see the devastation that occurred after Ike. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen photos. Uh, they're awful. There's just the amount of water they got, a couple of planes that they lost. Luckily, they, they did save several. But uh, they tried to stay in business for a couple of years and just realized it's, it's just, uh, I guess, maybe insurance or, or, or lack of uh, visitors. Uh, they built a brand new museum. It looks great from all the photos I've seen. I have a, a friend who actually got to go to an early showing, and he posted photos. I'm really excited about this because it's going to add a huge benefit to Wings Over Houston. Not only because there will be people there, but their aircraft will be at a place where hundreds of other airplanes will be. So they'll get to see a lot of really cool planes that are are being worked on or restored by the Lone Star Flight Museum. And something I hope I get to do is, you know, maybe even work there, you know, be be a volunteer or something. It's quite a trek for me, being that I'm in Cyprus. But what they do is is great. Um, they, you know, it's a, it's a great museum. I, I'm looking forward to it. Their opening, their grand opening is September second. But I'll be paying them a visit for uh, Wings Over Houston in October. So we'll post some links here and hope you guys get a chance to to see the photos. I'll if I go, I'll post my pics. But this will this will be a great addition to the Houston area. Yeah, agree. It's nice to be that it's a little closer to central Houston instead of kind of out in the outskirts. And uh, they've uh, been uh, working to sort of refresh their aircraft inventory. They've 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 gotten rid of a few planes. Unfortunately, got rid of B fifty eight, but they do have acquired some newer aircraft uh, and some I think some more flight ready aircraft. So they're trying to uh, expand their collection and bring some interesting things in. 
along with uh, memorabilia and that kind of paraphernalia and that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, so. we had, and unfortunately, we had a loss a couple of years ago, and I had, I had taken a photo of this uh, P fifty one, that uh, was unfortunately lost in Galveston, and that lost the pilot and the passenger. Uh, great, great having that one. I don't think they've replaced the P fifty one yet, and and it might be too soon. They might want to wait a little longer. But we do have a piece a B seventeen there, and I'm not sure if I see it here, but there is a DC three, and. Uh, I'm at the top of my head. I'm I'm kind of forgetting the name of it, but there was one in the museum the last time I went that I think was donated, and it was maybe a Continental Airline uh, aircraft. And the people who were there, they didn't open the plane. They said normally they open it to VIPs, but they say it's just walking back in time. The way mm. this plane is is still set up. So I'm hoping when I go there, it might still be there, and maybe they'll allow tours. I'd pay to, to go see that thing. I'd love to go inside and, and see it and hopefully it don't have to be a VIP. Maybe I'll just make up a VIP pass and just, you know, <laughs> just flash it real quick. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm supposed to be in this plane. It's funny you mention that. Uh, I share a common hobby with the curator of the Lone Star Flight Museum. And so every once in a while I'll see him and he'll tell me about the things going on and things are working on. And, and they're all real excited to get this thing up and running. Uh, and, and he, they, they obviously put a lot of work and passion into the museum. So if you're ever in area, it's definitely worth a see. Well, there's always been a lot of great air traffic around Ellington. Yes, so yes. When I lived in Houston, I was maybe a mile outside the fence. But with the NASA planes there and some of the warbirds that are already based there, there was always something interesting flying around. And I think it's about to get a heck of a lot better. Yeah, with the, the flight museum, that, adds, that makes it three different aircraft restoration facilities or um, uh, classic warbird curator. Uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but you have the the Lone Star, you have the Collins Foundation and a branch of the Commemorative Air Force there. Yep. So you have three really good entities that uh, have some really interesting aircraft that they usually have stationed there. And, and hopefully all those planes are in the hangars right now. <laughs> you have to wonder if they got out of Galveston <laughs> yeah. just in time. Uh, they yeah they had a photo of the last plane that left. I guess it was last week or the week before. So, okay. I wonder if NASA's flying their B fifty sevens around out of there for for um, hurricane. Probably. That'd be interesting. I, I saw some news last week where they were following the eclipse with them. Yeah. I still see them flying around every once in a while, and and every once in a while in the blue moon the uh, the beluga still flies. <laughs> The guppy? The guppy, yeah. yeah it's based in El Paso now. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, it was based there for a long time, but they moved it to El Paso several years back because it's a, a more arid atmosphere. Oh. So they were trying to cut down on rot. I still see it every once in a while, though. Yeah, they fly it in when they need it. It's just based in El Paso oh, okay. now. Oh, the other week I saw an F-4 Phantom fly over. That's probably the Collins Foundation. It was nice. It, he was, it was funny because he flew over. It was kind of low, and those things, of course, are... Or loud as heck. Yeah, you probably heard it way before you saw yes. it. Yes. And so... Um, <laughs> and felt it. It was funny. We're out at work. I heard it up here. <laughs> Fortunately, I sit next to a window at work. So as soon as it flew over, I popped out and I could see it fly over. I was like, whoa, an F4. And then Jeff texted me about a minute later and says, what the heck was that? I heard it. <laughs> and then on a Nextdoor app for a neighborhood, uh, a bunch of people started posting, I heard this really loud airplane, really low. What was it? <laughs> so... Those things certainly get your attention. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. you need to put an F4 next to an F35 
<laughs> compare the two. <laughs> the four is still much bigger, I think. It is, but boy, yeah. that F-35 was just... <laughs> was it loud? Crack oh my gosh, it was crackling the, the uh, air at Oshkosh. It was pretty fun. pretty darn loud. Mm. So yeah, I'll, I'll definitely take photos and post them once I go visit it. And who knows, maybe I have a friend who might be able to get me in there. A friend who knows the curator? Uh, not that friend. <laughs> <laughs> he, can't, he can't get me into anywhere. He can't get into me in a, a cardboard box. Uh well, I can't now. <laughs> no, but uh, my friend has done some work up at Ellington, so maybe I'll see if I can pull a few strings and get in there early. So, yeah, cool. And I wonder, Fitz, if they're going to offer any rides during Wings Over Houston with some of these aircraft. I'm sure they'll fly the B-17 for rides, but... Mm, I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe the Stearman or so? That might be fun. Yeah, yeah. I think they're offering new aircraft. If you go to their website and you look under uh, Come Fly With Us, there's actually quite a few aircraft. More than I thought. I knew about the B-17 and I think the Stearman, but they've got a PT-19, a T-6, a B-25, which was surprising, and a little Cessna 172 military version, T-41. So, and hopefully it'll just grow from here. Yeah, yeah. Give, give me a Spitfire. Two-seat two seat zero, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Or a two seat P thirty eight, and I'll chase you down. Yeah, <laughs> it's on. <laughs> yeah, come at me, round eye. Smoke on, zero. <laughs> also, Yankee dog. Now you die. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to jump on this real quick, just to hopefully make it quick. There used to be a, a place, wasn't it, in here in Houston, where you could do dog fighting? You know, Not that I know. Specialized here in Houston, low wing trainers. I know what you're talking about, like, but was it here? Houston? I, I thought I thought it was. I thought there was one in Orlando. Yeah, there might have been one in Texas too. Uh, I thought there was. That's what we need. Let's see if we can get uh, Ellington to sense. break that out. Yeah, go out over the Gulf and do that. Yeah, international waters. <laughs> well, just clear lake. <laughs> well, just water. <laughs> mm. Hey, you guys remember Philip? He was on the show last week. Yes, Philip. He has recently started up a new Facebook group called. Old guys, drone guys. And I think the title is self-explanatory. Uh, I don't think I'm old enough to join that group. <laughs> and I'll have to look. I think the minimum age is 40. But, uh, yeah, I'm 37. I, I, I can't qualify for that. Again? <laughs> and again and again. You've been 37 for the past five years. Uh, <laughs> more than that. <laughs> so I've joined. You should too. What are you waiting for? I guess we were just waiting to see what Philip had to say about you first. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're the yeah. So uh, I have not joined yet, but uh, has anything uh, come about from that? It says there are 1,500 members. <laughs> yeah, it just exploded, it looks like. Wow. Um, I don't know, it seems like uh, I haven't participated. I haven't posted anything in there yet just because I've been working on any multi-rotors lately. But uh, it's all very calm, cool, and collected. I haven't seen the hotheads that seem to be prevalent in some of my other uh, Facebook groups. Uh, are they talking racing drones or air photography or just a combination? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. I think any and all apply. And you could probably talk about fixed wing without getting beat up. I don't know. Yeah, I guess we just got a flight controller and stuff on it. Yeah. I think the whole point of this was to be a mellower type of group, not a bunch of uh, 
young whippersnappers yeah, making trouble. We'd have to ask Philip what the real genesis of it was, but from what I gathered, a lot of these people were on a rotor riot group, and they just didn't have the same outlook on life as a lot of those people. And conversations tended to get heated and <laughs> yeah. controversial quickly. So, yeah, I think it's just the old folks' home for drone discussion. What type of depends do you wear when you fly drones? <laughs> exactly. Hey, you reminded me of uh, way, way back when I used to play the online game World of Warcraft. Uh, there was a big thread for a while on the forums about how people wanted an adult-only server so they didn't have to play with impetuous 12-year-olds and, and such. And I thought, yeah, that's a good idea. It'd be nice to have you know, other game players that are, you know, that are adults and you don't have all the drama and, 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 and related. It goes with playing with really young people. They were just tired of getting beat by all the young kids. Well, yeah, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they want to play against 12-year-olds. and All they do is play the game for 20 hours a day, you know. <laughs> anyway, check it out. Join. Be nice. I have clicked it. I have submitted my information. I hope it's accepted. <laughs> <laughs> do you need somebody to write a letter for you? <laughs> letter recommendation. Need a reference from you, Terry. Yes. <laughs> Tit for tat. Yes, Lee is old. <laughs> Thanks. All right. All right. Let's talk about on the work badge. We haven't talked about that in a while, I think. At least that I can remember. And uh, yeah. you guys have been mocking me for complaining about how hot it is outside because it's hot outside. I'm like, well, you don't build in your backyard, do you? No, I build somewhere worse in the garage, which is hotter than a backyard. It'd actually be cooler if I went box. outside. Yeah, the sweat box. So, so I've been working on something inside. Well, you can commiserate with the ARF builders. <laughs> the, yeah, foam, no. the foamy ARF builders, right? No, right. Uh, the, all those kids yeah. making those ARFs for us. Oh, oh anyway. my gosh. I didn't even get that reference. I <laughs> Dang, <either>. Derry. <laughs> all right. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Well, coming up next weekend, I'm having another boat float. Uh, oh, cool! So, uh, and that's uh, that's it says mystery regatta. Yeah, that's mystery regatta. Is that what you said? Yeah. Hmm. Kind of like that name. Yeah. Well, the last couple of times got pretty popular, so I decided I wanted to work on a new boat, and I found something really neat on Thingiverse, and Thingiverse, of course, is a 3D printing site. So I am 3D printing an RC boat. Oh. Yes. Not only just the RC boat, it's an RC boat that's a hydrofoil. Oh, see, now we're talking. Yes. So I've got a good chunk of it printed out. In fact, all the pieces, I think, are printed out. And I went to the hobby store yesterday to pick up some drive components. So I need to see if I can get it all together and working. And if I can get it done, i got a week to get it done. Uh, and it looks like I'll have plenty of time with the storm. Uh, it should be really neat. The It... Just some video of it running, and it seems like it's stable and it runs. So I really look forward to getting this thing in the water. And, and it's been a so far, it's been a neat project. Is this the one by Antoine? Antoine F. Is it the is gray it... and yellow? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. See, so you didn't send me pictures, but I found it. Yeah. That looks quick. Cool. You gonna put the penny on the front? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That's goofy. <laughs> I, I think... uh, were you making parts for this when your printer went haywire? Yes, I was printing part of the okay. hull, 
And each there's three sections <laughs> to the hole, and it's an eight-hour print for each section. And so, I don't uh, think it's gonna float, Fitz. <laughs> <laughs> we saw a picture that I put. I think I posted it on my Facebook page on Hobby View. I started a print since it's an eight-hour print. I said, "Well, I'll start it at night and go to bed, and wake up in the morning to a nice new piece." And it started, looked fine. And when I woke up the next morning to go check on it, I had one giant piece of. I don't know what it is. A tumbleweed? A steaming pile of... Steaming pile of... Resin? Of filament. Uh, it's plastic. Yeah. It okay. looks like a rat's nest. What happened was the piece had somehow popped off the bed about a tenth or so of the way into the print. And so the printer was spending eight hours printing in midair. <laughs> and so it was just left a string of filament in this giant wad of, of just a tangled mess. <laughs> I was not amused, but it was kind of funny to see that. So it didn't damage the printer or carpet or anything. No, like no, that, no, it? no. It just looks okay. funny. Just you had to use the filament. Yeah, it just used up some filament. So that's like you know, it wasted some filament, but it was a huge mess. Uh, so, uh, but anyways, so I got all the pieces printed out, and so I'm slapping it together. And probably after this podcast too, I'll go back to it and start working on it some more. Well, I have to ask cool. you a question. I mean, I'm watching this video. This is kind of cool looking. Are you going to have this ready by next week? That's the goal. Wow. That's the plan. Okay. He's not going to work on the podcast anymore. He's just going to go on the boat. Podcast? What podcast? <laughs> it is cool looking. So, yeah, make sure we put pictures up of this thing. And, and the, well, either link to the Thingiverse here. Here, I'll, I've got the link in front of me. Poor listeners don't know what we're looking at, but it's this cool little gray boat with two hydrofoils, and the rear hydrofoil moves left and right and up and down. Yeah. Pretty it's darn cool. Got an adjustable trim. Yeah, it's a pretty clever design. I always wanted a hydrofoil RC boat. I had thought about scratch building a few here and there over over the years. And when I saw this, I just couldn't resist it. I said, I got to build this. Somebody did all the work for me, so I'll just print it out and put it together. Now, somebody gave me an idea. You saw the boat. It just has a flat deck. Uh, mm-hmm. So somebody gave me an idea and said, hey, why don't you build something on the deck to make it look like a real boat? I thought, that's a good idea. So I may see if I can throw something up in CAD and print out an actual superstructure that looks like something real, not just a flat deck. Oh, just hot glue some army men on top. Or that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, can, I'm gonna put a fur top. <laughs> just go, go out there. <laughs> I think you the are liking that 3D something. printer, aren't you? Yeah, it's neat. It's one of those things that, you know, before I got it, I was like, what am I going to do with this thing? And after I get it, it's like, how do I live without it? They're very it's a useful. Drug. <laughs> hey, man, you got some ABS? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Can I score some PLA? Well, it's going to be like, you know, Pokemon cards. You're going to, they're going to be these rare colors or something that everybody wants and they're out of. <laughs> Kids are going to sell them for a very expensive price on eBay. <laughs> so, Lee, what's on your workbench? Uh, planes off the floor of my hobby shop <laughs> so they don't get wet. <laughs> I've got the P38 up there, the Raiden Tech. I think I mentioned last time, Terry, you can confirm that the P38 was done. I just got to go fly it. Got my little battery hatches, magnetic battery hatches completed. So I just got to take it out to SCOBY because I really want the uh, concrete runway. So that's done. Uh, I've got another project, which I'm, I guess is hush right now, but a project I'm working with the the other two comrades here on RC Roundtable that I'll start very soon, as soon as the uh, storm has passed. And uh, finally, as Terry has 
teased me before, I'll have the Tiger Cat under construction. And as, you know, a couple of our friends who have it, it's not going to take me very long to do it. I'll probably actually build it inside on the uh, dining room table. And since my wife doesn't listen to the show, that's no big deal. <laughs> she, she won't know. Uh, so, yeah, I'll have the Tiger Cat done, and, and I'm expecting to have that ready for best. So, so. you finally going to work on the Tiger Cat, huh? I finally will start on the Tiger. I got all the batteries. I bought a new receiver. So once I start, it'll it'll run. And I'm guessing within a, you know, if I start early in the week, I'll be flying Saturday. I'll take it to uh, my field and maybe call a couple of guys who have one. And uh, my friend Wally's got one and see if I can get them to do some photos, video, and maybe some tips. See if they have any other tips about flying it. I'm excited. I mean, I, yes, it's been a long time, but I have been quite busy and I, I'm not mad at myself at all. You know, took my waited until everything was off my table. Um, I'm not mad at you either. Thank you for not being mad at me. I uh, I did look at the Pilatus Porter the other day. <laughs> the 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 one that got smashed the, by the ladder. Yes, that one. Is it still is it still broken? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I haven't finished it yet. I I started looking at the wood, the the balsa that he constructed the tail from, and I was like going through my. You guys have seen my drawers of balsa and plywood, right? Yeah, sure. Okay, and I've got tons, tons of balsa. I didn't have more in the corner, but I could not find anything that matched the wood he had. So it makes me wonder if he just cut it from something else. If he just custom sized this this wood down. Oh, he stripped stripped his own wood. Yeah, I, I nothing matched. I'm like so frustrated. So I'll uh, I didn't even look at the instructions online. So maybe I just didn't happen to have the sizes he used. But I uh, I got to rebuild the whole tail. So. Uh, Hopefully I'll, I'll get there. If anything, I'll just uh, use what I have and sand it to make it fit, right? <laughs> sand it down until it's the right height. Uh, and finally, uh, this is very nice. I'm, I'm lucky I asked this guy. He was putting on an event at uh, SCOBY. They had a Warbird event, and they were doing a raffle, and it was right before I left for Oshkosh. And a couple of the guys who saw the, the post had mentioned if you could buy raffle tickets, you know, if you weren't going to be there. And he said, yes. Yeah. So I threw in a whole bunch of money and, you know, crossed my fingers and get back from Oshkosh and find out I won the top prize, which was a top flight uh, Corsair 60 size ARF. <laughs> nice. And we were talking in a previous episode about the, uh, was it the Phoenix Piper Cub, Terry? That's the one. Yeah. The big one. Yeah. And, now that I know that they're about the same price and this one can take gas, I might just switch my thinking over and just go ahead and upgrade this Corsair to a gas version. What do you think? Go for it. Yeah. Right? yeah. Not like I have another Corsair in my <laughs> inventory uh-huh. <laughs> of the same size, which, by the way, I think I'm sure I mentioned it. I love that plane. Finally finished the cowl after I screwed it up uh, painting it with a, a clear coat. The, the paint I bought it just started curling on me, but I, I repainted it. It looks great, and I'm looking forward to flying that again. Thanks again, Terry. You're welcome. And, hmm. Terry, you you no longer have planes on your workbench, and you're not going to tell us the stories about them, right? No, not much. <sighs> got to keep some secrets. But I've already said that I've got the Dynam Waco, which I flew, and it flew well. And I've also got the VQ Warbirds T-34 Turbo Mentor, which I've also talked about here. That's been flown. Well, you did fly it. Yeah, twice now. Yeah, okay. Ah. And that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> ah. Anything else? Anything new coming in? Um, 
trying to think. No, I've got a new car, and we can talk about that later. And I haven't really started on the Optima yet. So I've got a, a bow wave of projects coming. Oh, so you have the Optima then? Yeah, it's here. I just haven't started on it. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So speaking of old school cars, like we were yeah, earlier. Yeah, yeah. those are the big competitor to, to Mia. So guys, uh, we're going to have an episode, hopefully up in two weeks. And we had a topic on our list today we didn't get, into, uh, didn't get to talk about. But I'm going to reach out to our listeners and say, hey, we wanted to talk about charging setups. You know, what kind of setup do you use? So if you guys can, send us photos of your charging rigs, if you fly electric. <laughs> Don't show us a little, uh, you know, glow starter. <laughs> I'm sure someone's going to do that. Uh, but we'd like to see what you guys use, why you use it, uh, if you're looking at buying something different or new, or if you're, you know, hoping something new comes out. But I've got a rig. I don't know about you guys. I don't know if I've ever seen... Uh, a fancy rig from you guys all usually just throw your charger on the table but i've you know i've got something that i built uh, about a year or two ago so if you can send us pics and we'll we'll mention this in our next episode yeah sounds like a plan maybe we'll set up a thread on facebook for it yeah just yeah we'll um, we'll repeat the same question when this gets released or right after it and then you guys start uh, sending us links comments photos all right well, on that note, I think we'll wrap this episode up. And thanks, everybody, for joining us this time. Lee, Terry, we'll see if we survive the storm, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com, where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening.